Welcome to the Grad School Femtoring Podcast, the place for first-gen students of color to prepare for grad school. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Fu, and I will be serving as your femtor, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into and successfully navigate grad school. For over 10 years, I've been helping first-gen students of color get into top grad programs in their field, and I'm really excited to support you on your academic journey too. Before starting today's episode, I want to share a reminder, which is to tell you that if you are struggling during this season, you are not alone. If you are struggling with your mental health, with your physical health, with your spiritual health, you are not alone. This season, the fall quarter or semester, the winter season, the change in the weather, the change in the amount of daylight we get, the looming holiday season. Some of us are away from home. Some of us have homes we're coming back to where our relationship with others has changed or is changing. Some of us are still dealing with grief, with loss, with transitions. And I'm sharing this because I had a recent therapy session where I was sharing with my therapist just how homesick I was starting to feel. I had this amazing opportunity of having family visit me um, in the last two months. And I was surprised just how amazing those visits were because <laughs> if you're like me sometimes being with family can be a lot um how healing it was and also how bittersweet it was for them to go home go back to California and for us to stay here we're based in Porto Portugal and I think I was reminded of um, needing that sense of community, especially during this time of year when I'm already more sensitive to all of these changes. And every time that something like this happens where uh, something triggers my mental health or my physical health, I start to get stressed and I start to experience flare-ups. I start to feel more anxious or I start to slip into a depression or any of that. I don't usually share that publicly because um, it borders on being intimate. And I like to say that I am comfortable being relatively vulnerable with people, but I am not always intimate with others. I don't always share every single detail of my life. There's certain parts of my life that I like to honor and keep um, to myself and to my family and my friends and my loved ones, those that are closest to me. So I don't share everything, but I thought it would be helpful to share that I have been struggling despite having all these privileges, despite arriving at a place in my life where I am, you know, content with what I've done and with the life that I've set up and with my the goals that I've achieved. And I still have a lot that I, that I have that I'm looking forward to doing. Um, but when I reach these moments, that's when I remind myself it's time for me to slow down 
It's time for me to reflect. It's time for me to assess. And then it's time for me to use these difficult feelings, uh, uncomfortable feelings as fuel to take action and to make a change and to have, again, more things to look forward to. And so today I thought I would offer you this episode about uh, working on a life assessment exercise and answering some journaling questions that will hopefully help you with feeling a little less stuck in your life and feeling a little bit more like you do have agency and control in um, making a change, even if it doesn't quite look exactly like how you imagined, even if it takes a little bit longer than you thought, you can you can make a change in your life that is positive and helpful for you. That's it. That's my quick little intro for uh, today's episode. I've been messing around and adding more intros to my episodes because I tend to record them. I batch record them several weeks, if not months in advance. And then stuff happens in between. And I think to myself, actually, I want to share a little bit more about what's going on with me in the intro too. So that's what I've been doing. You may have noticed that I'm doing a little bit of more of like a reflective intro to, and I also share, you know, any announcements that I have going on. Um, if you're enjoying these little intros, let me know. And even if you're not enjoying them, let me know too, because then I'll, you know, make the changes necessary to give you all what you want. I have an audience of right now, um, it's November, 2022. My audience is about 200 people that consistently listen to this episode. I have over 40,000 listens at this point, And I feel so incredibly grateful to have you all here listening to me, to my voice and my thoughts, my insights, my knowledge. So um, again, if you are a loyal listener and you are enjoying my podcast, please, please, please let me know. I appreciate all of you. All right, now let's get to the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is your host, Doctora Yvette. And today I have a solo episode on how to get unstuck in school and life, a life assessment exercise. This topic came up for me actually on social media. Um, so, okay, let me start by saying that I am not a huge fan of social media or content creation. I have struggled with that aspect of my business <laughs> since I, um, I don't know, since I started the podcast, since I pursued my business full time and all of that. So content creation hasn't come easy to me, but recently, um, one thing that I've been trying to do is to, um, rather than kind of waiting for followers and folks and people, and rather than kind of following along to what other content creators are focusing on or doing instead to serve the people that are currently working with me. So, so to serve my clients, to provide them with information, with lessons, with stories, with material that will help them now. 
And one of the things that I've been doing with a few clients is really kind of doing more of the, what you can call life coaching, which is really kind of taking stock of their life and doing life assessments. And I thought, well, this might be something to share on social media. If I'm already doing it behind closed doors, why not share with my followers? And so I did, I, I made a post um, in mid-October around that time. And you could probably find it on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Those are some of the places where I'm, I can be found on, on social media. And that post went by the same title, how to get unstuck in school and life, a life assessment exercise. And it included a wheel of life graphic. And essentially I'm, I'm asking my reader, like, are you feeling stuck in your life? Are you feeling like you're drowning in work and don't know what to do about it? Do you feel like you need a change, but you don't know how to get there? Because guess what? I've been there. Guess what? A lot of people that are kind of in need of coaching are there right now. And this was just me a little over a year ago where I found myself thinking, oh my goodness, like I've reached all of these life milestones I got my PhD, I got married, I had two kids, I bought a home, I got a salary job, I'm working with the population of my choice, and I'm doing good work, but why am I still struggling so much? Why am I feeling so burnt out? Like, why am I unhappy? And what can I do about it? And one of the things that I was doing on the side was listening to podcasts and audiobooks. And so any time, any spare time that I had, whether it was like doing chores or driving to work or during my lunch hour, I would just sit and kind of listen to personal finance podcasts, personal development and life coaching podcasts. And that was when I was introduced. And it was probably in reading um, some of Brene Brown's work to this idea of like thinking about your values and living a values aligned life. And that's when I realized, okay, like something in my life is off. And um, one of the things was that I was working more than my body was capable of. I was not just at capacity, I was beyond capacity. My cup was empty. There's also this kind of concept that I've heard about, about like pouring from an overflow. So pouring enough into yourself, taking care of yourself to the point where you can give to others freely from a place of overflow. I never understood what that was like because I was always running on empty before. But I've reached that point now in my life where I can even sense a difference in the way that I speak. Um, not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true. I'll have to compare some of my older episodes. But um, I do find myself, I'm, I'm comfortable with the pause. I'm comfortable with being a little more slow. I'm com comfortable with saying things more intentionally and not just rushing, rushing, rushing like I would before. And so, yes, I have been there where I have felt stuck, where I have felt like I'm drowning in work, where I ha have had breakdowns and 
thought to myself, something has to change. I am going to, I've already worked myself sick. I worked myself to the point of developing a chronic illness, but now I'm at risk of working myself to death. And I know that sounds very serious and severe. And no, I've, I've never been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Um, thank goodness. I'm going to knock on wood. Um, but it really did feel like it was a matter of life or death in terms of where I was going. It's like, I can't keep going like this. I, I don't feel well. And even though a lot of things I had checked a lot of boxes that I thought that I wanted that would make me feel happy and fulfilled, it just wasn't it. And um, I wish that I had had this little exercise. I did not complete this exercise right then and there. I did do it after moving abroad. <laughs> But I did really consider my values. But the so the the social media post that I shared was about completing a life assessment exercise. And um, the life assessment really is just an exercise in taking stock of your life and noticing any areas where you have gaps. There are different types of life assessments. Some of them are questionnaires that you fill out. Some of them just have you rate different areas of your life from one to 10, and it'll create a little wheel of life diagram for you. Um, you can look it up. I don't, I'm tempted to create my own, but there are a lot of free ones online. You can just find one, fill it out, or you can create your own by determining where are the main areas in your life that matter to you. So by this, I mean, let me think about different areas. It could be your relationships, your physical health, your mental health, your career, your finances. Someone mentioned that they add their culture to them because it's important for them to make sure that they're always living their life kind of in accordance with um, their cultural practices. So you decide the different life categories that are meaningful to you. It could include spirituality or religion and then rate them and see, okay, so what are the areas that you haven't been focusing as much on? Is it your financial life? Is it your personal life? Is it your friendships? Is it your career? Probably not your career because if you're listening to grad school fam touring, you're probably <laughs> in college or in grad school and you've been focusing on that, um, but figure out what the gaps are. And then based on those gaps, think about well, one, is it important to you for you to reduce those gaps? And if so, what can you do now to make space for reducing them? What can you say no to now so that you can say yes to other areas of your life? This is hard. It is hard to say no to things. It is hard to set boundaries it is hard to do less when you already feel like what you do may not be good enough. Um, it is hard to say no to things if you are living on survival mode and you have been living on survival mode most of your life. It is hard to say no to things when you're surrounded by toxic people, toxic cultures. But at the end of the day, you do have a choice in these matters and you can make small changes in your life to make space for the other things that you haven't made room for.
So in my case in grad school, I did not focus enough on my personal life, on my friendships, on my family, on having a social life, on having fun. I did focus a lot on my academics, my achievements. I um, I focused a lot on kind of meeting my, my milestones and people pleasing uh, because that's all I was taught growing up. And I thought that I wanted all of the achievements, <laughs> all of the awards. And then when I started to get them, I thought to myself, wow, I got this national highly competitive fellowship and I'm still not happy. So what is up with that? So again, this is where it's important to notice the gaps in your life. What are you not tending to enough? And also um, to think about the things that are meaningful to you, that are valuable to you. What are your values? So um, think about that. Think about the small changes you can implement, the boundaries you can set now to make room for the gaps, the things that you haven't made room for. But then just to dive deeper, this is not something I shared on that short social media post, but if you want to dive deeper on this topic and this exercise, then go ahead, click pause, get a sheet of paper um, and get a pen and write down a couple of, of questions that I'm about to share with you. The first question, I've been, I keep talking about values. So um, understandably, I'm going to ask you, what are your core values? So ask yourself, what are my core values and what am I doing now to honor my values? Has anybody ever asked you this before? If you've listened to my podcast, I know there's been another, at least one other episode where I talk about this. Might might be the episode where I talk about journaling questions to help you dream again. Um, but think about that. If no one's ever asked you what your values are, if you've never done a values assessment, you can look that up. Look up personal values assessment, values assessment, or even Brene Brown's list of values, and you'll find a bunch of options. And ideally, you want to narrow it down to a couple. You don't want to have too many because they could be competing with one another. Um, but figure out what those are and then think about your life and see if you really have been living your life in accordance to those values. Do you value achievement? I, I thought I did. And then I realized in getting the achievements that actually JK, it's not one of my values after all, or your values could change over time too. So it's good to note that. Do you value creativity? Uh, I know that that's something that some of my dear friends value. And they notice in their grad school trajectory that their creativity had been stifled. And so they kind of went back to, to doing the creative things as they finished and after grad school. Do you value financial stability? If so, that's directly going to impact the type of work that you do. Um, in my case, for instance, I didn't realize until last year, really, it was last year, that I value tranquility. Isn't that wild that I didn't know that? <laughs> um, yeah, I value peace. It's it's maybe it's because I grew up one of six kids. 
there's always noise. Maybe it's because I'm a highly sensitive person. Maybe it's because I grew up with trauma. Maybe, I don't know. It could be a number of things, but having the sense of tranquility and peace and slowness in my life is very important. And so moving abroad has been really, really helpful for me in attaining that sense of tranquility. Owning my own business has been really helpful for me because I can set my own hours. I can choose how much I work. I can listen to my body and slow down when I need it, when I need to do it more than other times. Um, I have chosen to let go of people. That includes friendships. That That's tough to let go of people who you care about, but who are actually not good for you. That includes letting go of places. I let go of my home town, my home state, the place where all of my friends and family were in pursuit of tranquility. Um, you can let go of things. I let go of most things I owned. I only brought what I could fit in two suitcases. Well, yeah, two suitcases and a carry-on. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot that you can let go of in pursuit of that core value of yours, which for me, tranquility is one of them. That's especially like that's a personal one in my personal life, too. But there's also other values. I know you might already know this in listening to my podcast and following along um, to my, my, my social media or just if you know me as a person. I value accessibility and compassion. I am a highly sensitive, neurodivergent, like I'm constantly borderline struggling with depression and anxiety. Um, I am chronically ill. So teaching myself compassion, being self-compassionate, and then offering that compassion to others has transformed my life. Trying to make work accessible. So information, making that information that I've learned in the years that I've been in this higher ed space and now coaching on edupreneur space, um, it's important to me to make that information accessible. I don't think that you need to be paying for this stuff. Everybody should have a right to learn about higher education. Everybody should have a right to learn about personal and professional development. And so that's why I do this. No one pays me for the podcast, at least not yet. <laughs> I put in at least four hours a week, every week. Um, again, out of just a labor of love to share this information, information that I also share with my paid clients, information that I also happily share with friends and family who are curious and who ask, information that I share my, with my own son with my partner with anybody who is around kind of my circle my bubble it's important to share information it's important to not gatekeep accessibility is big for me um, compassion is huge for me um, so I live my life in accordance to those values and I don't think I've ever felt more at peace and joyful at one point in grad school I forgot what it was like to feel joy. I forgot the things that made me happy. I don't want that for you all. Um, I know what it's like to be in a really deep, dark depression. And so 
if you are struggling that much, I highly suggest that you get professional help. Some of us need the help of uh, psychologists. Some of us need the help of psychiatrists. Some of us need therapy. Um, some of us need medication to be functional. And you know what? That is okay. If you're struggling, there is help out there. It makes a difference. There is hope. I know I've been there. I've been there where I've really, really been down and really, really struggled and couldn't see outside. I couldn't see the light. I could, I didn't have hope, but it is possible. It really is possible. So this exercise is not going to cure your depression or anxiety you're struggling with that, or you're struggling with any other mental illness disorder. But um, if you are at least at a baseline of where you are functional. So for me in my life with my mental health issues, with my uh, physical health issues, I have my baseline. This is my baseline of like where I'm functional. I can do things. It's not at the same capacity as other people. I don't have the same energy levels or as some of us call them spoons. I don't have the same number of spoons as other people, but I have enough that I can do work that matters and live a life that's values aligned and feel at peace and joyful for the most part, because life still happens. And I still have my days where, <laughs> where I don't feel great. Um, so yeah, anyway, I got a little bit derailed there, but if you need personal or professional support and help, please, please seek that out, especially as a student, take advantage of any resources that you have access to. And um, if you are at a place in your life where you are functional and you're trying to work on your personal development, you're trying to really curate a life that makes you happy, then try these things out. Try the life assessment or the wheel of life assessment or the values uh, or personal values assessment. There's also another question I want to ask you for your journaling, and that is, Ask yourself, what am I spending most of my time on? Who am I becoming? Who do I surround myself with? If you take a look at your calendar or start to make observations about how you spend your time, you'll start to notice a few things. Maybe you're scrolling on social media a lot and it's... Mm, Maybe it's not positively impacting your mental health. Maybe you notice you're spending most of your life and most of your time attending to other people's needs and your own. Maybe you're surrounding yourself with people that are not that great for you. Um, or maybe they're toxic individuals who are draining your energy. Maybe... Um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things about like, who am I becoming? That question to me, when I think about it is, you know, you are what you do, or you are who you surround yourself with. I think about these, these phrases. And so for me, I am a, I love organizational tools. I love getting organized. I love productivity tools. And it's ironic because <laughs> I, um, I, I am not trying to be the most productive person. I like being efficient with my time because I don't have a lot of it. Um, I don't have as much time as other people where I'm functional and can get a lot of work done. 
Uh, so because of that, I, I just really love like being organized has helped me with kind of managing the many different areas of my life. But I never really thought about myself as, oh, this is like who I'm becoming because I spend a lot of time on the side looking up stuff to, you know, enhance your productivity, your performance, your time management, your project management, all that stuff, uh, systems management, you name it. I love that stuff. And personal development is also a big one for me. M mentoring, femtoring, coaching. Those are all things that I spent so much time on, not realizing that these are the things that I'm becoming. Being a writer too, I have struggled with identifying as a writer because um, of the comparison trap, which is not good. Uh, thinking about all these other people who write and much more, I don't know, metaphoric, beautiful ways than I do. I write in a very kind of direct, straightforward way. <laughs> I write the way I speak. Um, but you know what? I spent so much time writing, whether it's like writing notes in preparation for my podcast episode, journaling from just my own personal development, whether it's working on blog posts, writing social media content, writing my book, The Grad School Femtoring Guide. I write a lot. Uh, so I am a writer. So think about that. What are the things that you're spending the most time on? Who are you becoming? Are you becoming a scholar? Are you becoming a writer? Are you becoming a teacher, a professor, instructor? Are you, what is it that you're, you're becoming? Um, what you do, what you spend the most time on, that is going to indicate who you are becoming, who you surround yourself with also directly impacts who you become too. So keep that in mind. Are you surrounding yourself with people who motivate you, who inspire you, who believe in you, who um, help you, who are supportive? If not, you might want to change change your squad, <laughs> change your friend group. Um, yeah. So that's the second question. So what am I spending most of my time on? Who am I becoming? Who do I surround myself with? And um, trying to do that process of elimination, like who are the folks you want to keep? What are the things you want to keep doing? And what are the things you're going to stop doing? Who are the people you're going to try to distance yourself from? All right. Next and last question. And we're going to be wrapping up the episode with this one. This is a big one. <laughs> it reminds me of another question I've, I think I've asked in the, in the podcast too, is what would I do if I couldn't fail at it? Let me say it again. What would I do if I couldn't fail at it? This reminds me of a question I've asked other folks in my life, clients, femtees, friends, what would you do if you didn't have uh, any restrictions, if you had all the money in the world, if you had all the time in the world, if you had, if your health, everything, if you had all the things that you needed, what would you do? How would you spend your time? So what would you do if you couldn't fail at it? This is a really exciting question because it prompts you to dream. And I think that something that's amazing about children and why I adore my kids and I'm going to be so sad as they grow up and become adults um, is that children 
can't help but dream and they dream big and they dream without limitations and um as we grow up so many things affect us that we lose sight of that skill of dreaming I do think it's a skill <laughs> because it's one that I'm working on even for myself right now but um dreaming is is huge because that is how you plant seeds that is how something gets started it starts with just that dream and that dream then becomes a possibility so if you're dreaming think about it oh my gosh the sky's the limit would you become an olympic athlete would you become a parent or live child free would you become a new york times best-selling author or an award-winning speaker would you become a ceo of a company a president of, of a university a director of a nonprofit? Would you move abroad? Would you travel the world? Would you earn six figures? Would you become a millionaire? Would you break a world record? Would you invent a new thing? Would you go to space? Would you pursue your artistry full-time? Would you create a scholarship? Would you change careers? Would you? Would you? <laughs> would you? I have to ask again. What would you do? if you couldn't fail at it. Ooh, oof, oof, oof. That's a big one for, for me. Hopefully that's true for you too. Um, you know what? You might think, okay, what's the point in dreaming? Because what, maybe what you're dreaming about appears impossible or inconceivable or just outside of the scope of your capacity. Um, sometimes it can feel like, um, you might feel discouraged because you think, well, who am I to dream when all I've ever done is be in survival mode? Who am I to dream if no one in my family has ever done anything like this before? Who am I to dream when the world seemingly is falling apart? Who am I to dream if it's going to take me so long to get there? But like I mentioned before, if you don't dream, then you don't have that possibility. But if you really actually have an idea and decide to pursue it, if you do your research, if you talk to people who have done it or who are trying to do it, if you create a plan, maybe it'll take you a year five years, 10 years, 20 years, your entire life, but you can get there no matter how big the dream is. And I'll, I'll share an example. So one of my dreams was to move abroad. I talk about this a lot because that is my life right now. I live in Portugal I am a born and raised Cali, SoCal girl. Um, I had never even moved out of state before this. And I grew up sheltered. I grew up not being allowed to play outside, you know, in our front yard. Um, I grew up indoors all the time. Um, 
you know, gun violence was a big thing. Gang violence was a big thing in my community. And I became a very anxious, nervous, um, hyper-vigilant person. And so for me to to travel, for me to move abroad, for me to get out of my, my comfort zone, for me to get away from my tight-knit Mexican family, that was huge. That took a lot of courage. That was a big leap. But it happened all just because all of a sudden it became it was something that came that came up for me. I was like, oh, maybe I can move abroad. And then I looked into it. I did the research and I realized, wow, this is actually a possibility. And then I made a plan and I followed through with it and it happened. And the reason why it happened for me so quickly is because of that sense of urgency that I had. Um, but you don't have to do things quickly. You can take your time. You can really kind of decide um, and do what you need to do to be kind of um what is it like comfortable, confident in the decisions that you make? That was one of my dreams and I did it. And yeah, it sounds silly when you say, oh, I did it. You can do it too. I know our circumstances are very different. I also have certain a certain set of privileges that not everybody has, but I also have a certain set of, of types of oppression and um, limitations that other people don't have. So we just work with what we have within our means and pursue our dreams. Another dream that I've had for many years, and oof, this is probably since I started grad school. So I don't know, 13 years maybe, is to write that grad school guide, to write a guide for first-gen students of color, demystifying the grad school admissions process, um, and sharing everything that I wish that I had known when I struggled through my grad apps and I'm doing it now. Yes, it's been a while, but I'm, I'm finally doing it. I'm doing it now. I have a full manuscript done. I'm so excited. I know we still have revisions. We still have a lot of other work to do, but the fact that we're working on it, we're doing it is incredible. I have more dreams though. It doesn't just end there. I dream of being a children's book author. When I see other children's books that are getting published, I get so excited. And then I feel a deep sense of longing for the book that I know that I have inside of me that I want to offer to other mixed kids, to other neurodivergent kids, to, you know, like, other kids who just feel different, who are unique, who, uh, you know, need a little bit of support in like embracing their difference and in learning about self-confidence and how amazing they are. I am going to be a children's book author one day. Have I started it? Nope. <laughs> but it is a dream, which means it is a possibility, which means that I can get there. I can get there and I will one book at a time. So first the grad guide, then probably the children's book. And then I have, I have a whole, I have many things I want to do. I have another book. I have my own personal development book that I want to write, or maybe it'll be a planner or a journal to help people kind of better get to know themselves, to help people start their own healing journey, to help people set goals and pursue a life 
and alignment with their values, with their vision, with their dreams. This kind of silly stuff, it sounds kind of, if I know the life development stuff can sometimes feel uncomfortable. It can feel, what's the word? I don't know, very woo woo. Um, and the whole field of life coaching in general, because it's not regulated, it's often questioned. But the thing is about those of us that have done the life coaching work, for those of us that have done the life development work, for those of us that have assessed our lives, who have really done the deep thinking of thinking about our mission, our vision, our values, those of us who have pursued that personal branding work. And then we notice the outcome. We notice what happens when you do that work and how our lives have radically changed, have been transformed by this work. It's you just can't keep it to yourself. You just want to share it with the world. You want to change other people's lives just the way you changed your own. And that's kind of what this is. So yeah, grad school foundering is about helping you and supporting you and navigating your grad school journey, but it's also about helping you and supporting you with your life too. So that's it for today. I hope you found this episode on doing a life assessment, a values assessment, working on a wheel of life, answering a couple of questions about, about your values, about who you spend your time with, what you spend your time on, about what you do if you, if you knew you wouldn't fail. I hope that it brings you some clarity and it helps you to make some changes in your life for the better. All right, y'all. I will talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, here are three ways you can support the show. The first is to make sure you're subscribed and leave a review of the podcast. If you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, you become eligible for a free half hour coaching session with me. Yes, that's right. One free session. Once you leave a review, you can email me a screenshot and I'll send you a link to sign up. The second way to show your love is to get yourself a copy of my free 15-page grad school fem touring kit, which includes resources on research, organization, grad school, and career prep. Go to gradschoolfemtouring.com slash kit to get it today. The third and last way to support my show is to follow me on social media. I am on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and occasionally TikTok with the handle at Grad School Fan Touring. Thanks again, and until next time.